Welcome back, everybody, to the Lift Podcast, episode number nine, with your hosts, Joe and Oscar. Today, we're going to be talking about the importance of training on a program and why it's probably more beneficial for you to be on a program than kind of freeballing your workouts and just going in and, you know, doing what you fancy on the day. Um, because, you know, I think it's quite important. Oh, the longer, the more time that you, you know, start working out and the longer you have been working out, it's probably a good idea to start looking at getting yourself onto a program, whether that's through um, hiring a coach or, you know, finding yourself a good program online. There's a lot of free good programs out nowadays that you can run for a decent amount of time and see some some pretty good success with. So that's kind of what we'll kind of be getting into in the main, as a main topic for today. And then also going to be obviously talking about some of the uh, mishaps of the over the weekend from the rugby, the Six Nations, because there's quite a lot of, again, controversy um, over certain things that happened over the weekend. So yeah, we're just going to get straight into it, really. Um, you know, I think, I guess I can start off, really. Um, we kind of thought about this, com- this conversation today, just because, you know, I've had some pretty decent success in the past week or so with um, the program that I ran for six weeks. Um, you know, it was probably the, as you know, the first time that I ever kind of followed a program properly for its entirety which actually sounds quite mad saying that now (laughs) but you know like I was you know I always used to just swap programs you know flip from program to program um you know after I'd do a program for what like maybe two weeks three weeks then I'd get bored or I would see something else that I really enjoy that I thought looked cool so I would then put it into my workouts try out and then it would just ruin or any progress, any kind of motivation to stick to the original program that I had either made myself or been given or found. Um, and, you know, it's pretty much just down to, I just wanted, I was kind of just getting a bit sick of it. I wasn't getting any kind of progress, any long-term progress. And yeah, I just kind of got to the point where I was like, look, I had to sit myself down and I had to just say, I need to just stick to a program properly and it happened and I've made some really good progress so now <laughs> I've actually experienced what it's like to <laughs> stick to a program for for its full entirety which sounds stupid because I've been lifting for like oh, nearly, nearly 10 years <laughs> and it's just it's dumb that I've that I'm only just starting to find it but you know that's that's I guess what it how what it comes down to but I don't know about what about you Oscar have you um um, I think quickly just to touch upon what you were saying, um, I think one of the key components to sort of like, I think it's easy to say to, to stick to a program, uh, and obviously we said like, you know, we should talk about it, but also you need to find ways of m- maintaining uh, that and keeping yourself motivated to to uh, sticking to that program. And I know for you, so for example, like obviously your massive PR bench the other day, big up Joe. And yeah. uh, like one of your goals for a long time was that three, the two plate bench, hundred kilos, um, and you know that that's sort of my first uh, sort of like portal call to say almost is to set yourself a goal, like your end goal, yeah, whatever 100%. it might be, you know, um, sticking to you know a weight loss program or sticking like that isn't you know just gymming, but it's sort of changing things like changing your diet, sticking sure. to it and setting an end sure. goal, um. You know, and your end goal obviously was that hundred kilo bench. Now it's 
cool, 110 next week it's 120 <laughs> the week after you know 160 who knows where this is going. 160 um, whoa <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah i just like i think that is uh, a huge huge component probably one of the top top i'd say top three components in my head which is having yeah. an end goal um no, but yeah on a, on my side like um we, we've touched upon it a lot uh, through previous conversations, but this is sort of the first time we're singling it out. Um, but I think personally, I have never really uh, stick to a program until the first lockdown came about where um, I was programming for myself and had Marcus helping as well. Um, and you, you can really, you really notice the plateau um, if you don't try and pet yourself each week. Like, you know, yeah. you, you people write programs for a reason because you you want to get better, you want to improve, and it's a way of you know slowly progressing. And if you rock up like we did back at uni, where we, <laughs> you know we try to hit a one RM each week for some it, reason, but it would be on a one RM session. It'd be a different lift each week. You one one day yeah. deadlift, then it will be for some reason we're doing a clean and jerk, and then it will be uh, you know snatches something, something <laughs> stupid like a bent over row or T bar yeah, row yeah. or bicycle, yeah. you know. Um, and you've really noticed it across the board in all of our gym. Well, mainly I noticed it mostly in mine, but like it'd be very hit and miss, you know, if there was any development or any progress in, in our lift, in my lifting, um, you know, my, my bench has only gone up like probably two and a half, three kilos, two and a half to five kilos in like, since being at uni, you know, my squat hasn't gone up. My deadlift went up quite a bit for over first yeah. lockdown. But we um, did a lot of deadlifting. Yeah, I was thinking I mean, about pa- this the other day. Pound like for we, pound, my deadlift went way up. Yeah, but, yeah we used um, to deadlift a lot. Like we did a lot of pulling mm, from the floor. Yeah, yeah. Whether that was whether that was the Olympic lifts, whether that was deadlifting, whether that was, you know, bent over rows. We just did a lot of pulling action. I think that mm. obviously kind of contributed quite a lot to all that. Kind yeah. Of, I mean, my my deadlift blew up as well. I mean, I went from what was it like one one forty to one eighty. Yeah, well, I mean that, that was, was just backing itself. To be fair, uh, yeah, true. <laughs> Stop um, being a pussy. <laughs> but like, I've got uh, like obviously I've got a program written up by Marcus for me um, for yeah. when obviously uh, when I get back home and train or when gyms start opening up again. Um, yeah. The key to it is is you know setting yourself goals. What are you trying to get from it? What are you doing to help maintain? that sort of uh, perseverance through it. Um, yeah. Uh, and yeah, like the, you've got to stay motivated. Like it becomes very difficult. Um, it was one of those things, uh, as they say, like you've got to love, you've got to love it. Cause if you don't see results, it becomes very demoralizing. And I think the reason True. we all love just rocking up to the gym without seeing results is cause you're there with like six, yeah, seven other mates. The social just, aspect. Yeah. You're having a good laugh, you know? Yeah. Um, but obviously in this day and age and at this current period of time, trying to find and keep that pro- like sticking to your program and thinking yeah. to yourself like why am i doing this why am i yeah. training as hard as i am now it's harder more than ever and I, I think obviously you you've trained and you're seeing massive progress like what are yeah. you what are you doing to keep yourself motivated to see like stick into the program you know yeah what, what have it, you done yeah it's 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 a good point it's a really really good point because i think you know it's very difficult to keep yourself motivated especially when you know you've been on a program for maybe four weeks out of like a 12 week program or something and you're just not seeing any any real improvements you might have been going up a few 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 
few kilos in weight, but you know, a real for me a good program, you'll see the you'll see the real results at the end. You know, all of yeah. the stuff in the in all of the stuff between week one and for example week eight or week one between week twelve, week one, week six, however long your program is. You know, all of that stuff in between is really there to it's a it's you it's building up a tolerance, it's building up your your kind of you know, it's preparing you for that for that for that final week where you're really gonna be pushing those numbers, you know, that you wanna hit. And how I did it was you know the way I programmed it was I the final week of my of my program is where I set my 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 previous five rep max because obviously I if you didn't know I did a five by five program, um, you know if you actually want to if you want to hear any a little bit more detail on it I did it on my YouTube channel JM Strength it's on there I did a kind of program <laughs> review quick plug but it's a good video because I, I I go into a bit more detail but I won't go into detail here um, but. Yeah, five by five program. So I basically set my my previous five rep max um, on all of my kind of main lifts: so the the bench, the uh, squat, the deadlift, and the overhead press. And then I basically just worked back from week six, and I basically all I did was took away five kilos each week. Mm. So I started at some week, and then each week I was just adding five kilos. And it seems way too simple, but it it is honestly, it for me personally worked so well because. I think one of the big problems for the motivation is obviously that, as you said, you don't really see results straight away. But mm. what I think people need to start getting into the mindset of is kind of taking these some small small goals each week, and then you have. I th- so I think it's a really good idea when you're goal setting to have that big end goal, and that's the main goal that you're trying to work towards. But then to stay motivated, having these kind of almost session by session goals, right? Mm. You know. Whether it's, you know, you can have goals where it's getting, imp- like looking at, if you film yourself, which you, I, th- I say to everyone who I've talked about programming or coaching, whatever, always film your lifts because it's such a good way of self-analysis is, is key uh, for making progress. And again, from that, you can make goals in technique, right? So you can improve, technical improvements can be a goal each session, you know? Um, and again, if you're programming properly and you're periodizing and you are, utilizing progressive overload properly over the weeks having that little goal is you see the next week's weight and you're like okay shit i'm gonna hit that weight you might have never hit that weight before depending on how quickly your strength increases you may have never hit 120 135 kilos on the squat for five reps but you could look at it and you're like i'm gonna do that because that's what happened to me right i think i got to a point where there was one week where i was like i've actually never done that weight for that many reps before yeah, and it was like, I think it might have been on the bench press. I did. I think I had it. My like second to last week was ninety five kilos for five, mm-hmm. and I was like, shit. My 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 one RM is is currently down as a hundred kilos. Yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah. doing ninety, and I'm doing ninety five for five next week. What is happening? Mm-hmm. But I said to myself, I'm just gonna get myself properly hyped up. It's gonna get. It's gonna happen, and it's gonna work. And I'm gonna go into it feeling fresh and. Yeah. That's that's my motivation. Next week, I'm hitting that weight for five reps. Yeah. You know that element of trust and it as well for your program. You really yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Because that's another great point. It's like you've got to have trust in the in the process. You know, in the program. You know, the uh, the majority. Look, all of the programs that you can find online, whether that's five three one, whether that's strong lifts, whether that's starting strength five by five, whether that's all of the main strength lift 
you know, building exercises, exercise programs, they all work. Mm. <laughs> They've been created by for a reason. They're being mass, mass, mass used, but for a reason. They all work. Yeah. But it's just what you put into it um, that's you know going to determine how much mm. you get out of it, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of been my way of kind of sticking to it. I mean, I've been very quite a strong-willed about it so I'd, i personally haven't really needed too much like external motivation yeah. or kind of different kind of cues of motivation to kind of get myself through it but definitely setting those kind of smaller goals yeah for each for the next session right that's like in my opinion one of the thing best, best things that you can do i think uh you touched upon it like three of my major point three big points is um you were saying like uh keeping track of it almost you know this like five kilos each week it's crazy how over a six to 12 week program you'll see such a change in in strength in mm. you know endurance you know it doesn't necessarily mean just strength like if we're talking about program it doesn't mean strength like you're not you know i could i could talk about cardiovascular endurance or we could talk about um you know rep ranges we could suddenly you could suddenly do 80 81 yeah. kilos for 10 reps instead of nine yeah. reps or eight reps so there's so many ways um of doing it and one thing i really like about what you're saying joe is um how you set goals for each workout um and i was going to ask you actually like after you've accomplished that goal is do you like for example your 110 bench and your one 2000 kilo squat that came out. <laughs> look like the size of those plates christ yeah the bit the big old crossfit <laughs> plates lo- love loving them <laughs> my car's got smaller wheels jesus <laughs> i know i didn't realize those those extra 20s they just when they arrived at the house i was like thinking they bloody sick. hell yeah. they were thick as hell um, but yeah like do you did you sort of like reward yourself afterwards or was it like you know a big sort of like what did you do afterwards? It was just a big cheer with you and you and the old man. Mate, um, I just it was it was do you know what? it was so funny because I it actually just surprised me. Like I actually yeah. surprised myself of how like how much weight I could shift. It sounds really like fucking up, up myself or whatever, but like it actually genuinely like genuinely I I went in there thinking that I would maybe hit like one oh five, like maybe one oh five, you know, like actually. And then when it when I put one hundred five up and it was, it looked like a speed rep. Yeah. I was like, "What is happening?" And then was it? It was go on. Sorry. Was it one sixty for the squat? Wasn't it? No, yeah, God no. One, it was a one forty five. One forty five. Yeah, but, yeah. It, it but I, I think I've got. I think I've, I think yeah, I've got one four. Yeah. I've got one fifty in there. Hundred oh, percent. Easy. Um, easy. Yeah, but it was because because we're training at home. I didn't want to push it too much because like if I have to yeah. bail it out, like it will destroy my floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, so it was a bit tough. Even though I had my dad behind me, he like he he said he probably wouldn't have been able to help me if the I. Size, the, it size, the size, the size of Juan, mate. He would have just bicep curled it back up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God. He's gonna he's gonna hear that and get absolutely gassed. By the way, <laughs> uh, I think. But uh, no, it it was it was it was it, it did surprise me, and especially the squat because originally, like, I went into that into that. My goal for that session was just to go and hit a bench press PR. Right, I was determined to hit um to hit a new to hit some new numbers there. But I finished the the benching, and then I I started to do some squats because I just wanted to you know do some squats to you know kind of balance it out and not not just hit my chest and 
or whatnot, not just hit the upper body a little bit, but mm-hmm. I did, I started squatting and I was like, damn, this is feeling good as well. Yeah. <laughs> and, the then, and then I was like, they're nice. Yeah, they are very, very nice. Um, but yeah, I, I was just feeling good. I mean, as I said, I put on Instagram, my main th- message across there was just like, I had to just take advantage of that good day, right? I just yeah. felt like so good it was almost like that entire six weeks of eating what i was eating all the like decent sleep i was getting um and all of that kind of stuff was just like it just had all like accumulated into that one day and i was just feeling like 110 percent, and i just had to go for it um and yeah i think it just it obviously paid off <laughs> so it, it, i have a, a question on that like you were saying obviously the the program you felt unreal is you were like let's take advantage of this so on the contrary to that like uh, during program let's just say you're on your penultimate week your body's mm. feeling the aches and pains of your six seven week program now yeah. would you say from your viewpoint like is, is that a good time to sort of take your foot off the pedal a little bit even though your program says you know you've got to go 95 percent or 90 percent this today yeah i think you know i've the, the one thing I would say there is like, I'm a firm believer, and I will say this to anyone I'm coaching or as well, you know, I'm a firm believer of like, you know, listening to your body, um, really listen to how your body is feeling on the day. Yes, your program may say this is what you need to hit. But at the end of the day, your body is the best kind of, you know, indicator of how something is going to go, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, there, there are times, there are obviously times where you should kind of almost push through these kind of aches and pains. I know it sounds a bit weird, but there are times where you shouldn't listen to your body. But in a situation like that, where you're going to be obviously lifting, you know, the the final couple, the final weeks of, of a program will obviously be like the heaviest loads, um, you know, the greatest amount of volume, whatever your kind of program's entailing. Um, and in that situation, definitely... I would give yourself maybe a couple of days extra and then you can just finish the program off maybe the next week, you know? Um, Cause I think, yeah. What about if on the other end of the spectrum, let's just say penultimate week, I'm feeling amazing body, body feels great. I'm feeling strong. Would you say like, let's go for it. Let's, let's hit those PRs now. Or would you trust the system and just give it a little bit and then do it the following week when it says, well, yeah, I mean, in that situation i would i would i would say wait um and that's basically because you know yes your body feels good but i think that's you may you know if if you're if you're programming correctly your body should feel good um towards the end of a of a, of a cycle of a, of a program and a block of training your body f- should feel primed and ready to you know attempt these new new prs and things like that because essentially you know for a bog standard strength building program or a bog standard hypertrophic program, that's kind of what the end goal is, you know, is to be able to hit those numbers. And so a good program will prime your body into that state where in those last couple of weeks, you're feeling fucking amazing and you're ready to hit those new numbers. But again, yeah, I would say, you know, if you have programmed to the point, you know, in a similar fashion to how I did it, where you you've set your almost your your previous you know rep maxes at that like final week leave it till then you know trust this trust the system um i think it's obviously it's very difficult to you know when you're really feeling that that day and you're like i'm gonna i'm gonna do something sick here today 
it's really difficult to kind of hold your like bite your tongue in that sense and and wait um but i think it it, you you get so much more benefit from from doing that um than anything else so like it is that like do you gotta trust the system the people that wrote it kind of know what they're doing you know yeah you marcus you know rob all those all these people you know what you're doing you know you've got degrees in it you've studied it for years it's kind of like your goals. <laughs> it's your plan yeah. in life to be able to write decent programs, obviously for, exactly, for, to a, be for fair. all types of athletes. So, yeah. And as you say, like some of these top programs that are out and about, that are you know reviewed by thousands. There's a reason why they work, and there's a reason they're reviewed by so many people. So you yeah. just trust it. And uh, I think I th- I'm actually really glad you said that point about um, if you're feeling like really bad, just push it back a bit. Obviously, you've got to work around yeah. how your body feels as well. You know, yeah. you can't expect 110 percent all day every day. Um, so you should be realistic with that kind of thing. Um, and I think that's another a key point to to programming and fitting programs, especially at this point, is is being realistic with the whole thing. Like you weren't expecting, as you say, like you weren't expecting to have the bench. You did. You put a realistic target aside that was like one hundred and five, yeah. and you surpassed yeah. it. Obviously, and a big up for surpassing it. But you know, it's well, it like, makes it example, all the it makes it all the sweeter, yeah. doesn't it? But it's like you know, it's like uh, obviously you know, Sean, my husband, Sean. You know, he's not going to get up and run a marathon. You know, he's taking no. it step by step. He's done a three k. He's done a five k. Just like me, I don't expect to get up and do a, a marathon or a half marathon. Yeah, but I probably yeah. could, but I'd, I'd rather not. <laughs> <laughs> You'd probably be in severe, severe pain afterwards. Oh yeah, the chafing, the calf pain, Christ. But you know, it, it is being realistic. Get up, you know, trust the program, push yourself through. It, yeah, and uh, yeah. you know, if it's, you don't feel it, okay, it, do it the next day. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like it, it really shouldn't. I think a lot of people especially when they're being programmed by by someone else like if they've employed a coach they're gonna they're gonna have have that almost that sense of um guilt if they miss a day right um and 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 it really just shouldn't be like that you know if 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 i for example got one of my athletes or one of my clients or whoever message me saying i'm really not feeling it today my body my body's aching i'm in a lot of pain you know all this jazz I need, and then they say, "Oh, I just need probably maybe one or two days." I'll be like, "Absolutely fine," you know. Like a, a good again, I would probably say as well, a good program should be malleable in that way. It should be able to allow an athlete to maybe even take those couple days um, off to recuperate, um, you know. And if again, if I was then going to be programming for that athlete again for the for a next cycle or a next block of training i would keep that in mind because i would i would then maybe you know program in maybe a deload week halfway through like midweek mid uh midway through the program just to allow them to kind of recuperate their body because if they've experienced it in that first first round going around with no deload they might definitely benefit from something along those lines or at least a small taper before the kind of final couple weeks where they're really going to be pushing those numbers um so yeah that's kind of how i would approach that kind of thing yeah um but i think the other thing we were going to talk about uh, going into with programming is is how obviously we've kind of been talking about programming generally up until now um but then there's obviously talking about programming for athletes um because then that that just gets into a way more in-depth conversation um but again, there are some kind of key things that I think are important, really, when programming for an athlete. Um, 
firstly, I'd probably say that exercise selection is really, really important. Um, you've got to really understand the sport that you're programming for um, and understand what kind of movements in the gym are going to, you know, assist in in improving their sport performance because you know at the end of the day your these athletes are not being paid for to be good in the gym they're being paid to be good at the sport so yeah you know there needs to be a massive emphasis on you know giving the athlete the, the ability or get you know providing the athlete the ability to improve certain you know key aspects of of performance which will then, you know, in turn allow them to maximize their performance overall when they're performing at their sport, right? Um, and I think one of the best ways, one of the best ways to do that is through, you know, everyone knows about the kind of standard periodization, um, you know, where you kind of you attack certain aspects of fitness, aspects of training in certain blocks of training, Um and I think one of the biggest things that we've experienced, I think, um, both me and you at the university with the rugby program is the um, importance of tapers but, um, prior to, uh, you know, more notable or important fixtures, right? Um, so, for example, in our training program at, U at the university, we, whenever we had like a massive game, I can't remember who, who, would, who would have been one of our big games? Sussex. Sorry, Sussex. Sorry, um, or um, Kings. Maybe like no, not Kings. Um, Gloucester, Gloucestershire. Gloucestershire were a big game. Um, yeah, because I remember we, you know, those. <clears throat> it was basically a taper. Is basically almost it's similar to a deload. You know, it's like the week, the week prior, or this couple sessions prior to a to a big fixture. You kind of just drop the intensity, uh, not the intensity, but you drop the volume down. You just kind of allow it basically just allows the athletes to um basically remain as fresh as possible for their actual performance day um which for us was always on a wednesday so usually the friday and the monday before would be a slightly altered um session to kind of accommodate for and allow that only on the games that we kind of targeted i guess as the must wins or really important for that season right um and i think that's a massive one of the biggest things for you know when you're coaching an athlete specifically, because again, the main focus should be on allowing them to maximize the performance during their sport. <laughs> um, I, yeah. um, on that intensity side, I was actually, Marcus was talking to me about the uh, importance of a deload being uh, for, uh, 14 days. Uh, anything over that becomes, um, it impacts your overall training or, uh, it negatively mm. impacts you and basically we're saying that you shouldn't drop the you intensity intensity that's it yeah yeah i thought yeah. that was very very interesting then as you as yeah you sort of corrected yourself when you were saying the training yeah, yeah. sessions I, always, I always get it mixed up yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. talking agreed I, I was literally there i was there and i was just like wait which which one is it now <laughs> yeah you, you no it's, it's the the, that, that is the main thing yeah you maintain intensity sorry i did it again <laughs> <laughs> which no which, it's it, it's baffling to me, like, you know, if you bench 100 for five, you know, you still bench 100, but you do it for, for two. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. Like, you'd think. Like, it's, you know. Yeah, it, I think it's very difficult to kind of get explain. Your head around. In, 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 it, kind of get your head around initially, but then also just explain within, like, 
the time frame we've you know it would probably take me a long time to explain like the ins and outs of it but i guess the the main the the main important like point is to never really drop intensity but you're gonna just drop the volume down um you know or any other kind of of the training um modalities that would be what you'd alter but never change intensity because i think it's just kind of the whole premise behind it is just being able to maintain that kind of level of um exertion and uh kind of I don't even know what the word is really that I'm trying to say but just like because if you then drop intensity you could almost lose it in that sense over time um and because genuinely in a program over time over a training block you kind of just want to see like a a general increase in in progression right whereas if you're going to be tapering and also drop intensity and all of the other modalities are also dropping, then you're going to get all these spikes. And I think that would be um, an issue because I think, uh, you know, it could it could lead to all sorts of complications like increased injury risk and all that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I guess I've always just known I'd need to do a little bit more, a little bit more digging into it myself, to be fair, because um, it's quite an in-depth topic, um, but a very, again, very important topic when dealing with athletes. But yeah, the main point really about it is never to drop intensity um but yeah drop drop down the volume um slightly just to allow those athletes to you know be be ready and fresh enough for the for when they're actually going to be performing which is what matters most when you're dealing with athletes <laughs> there was uh, <laughs> something else that I was going to say which was um we touched upon it in the podcast with Marcus and as an SSC coach like the question is why i think that's a key component to both parts of programming and program itself is obviously you need to understand you yourself joe will need to understand why you're making like me do this that and the other but as an athlete and as an individual just an average joe you need to understand why you're doing your program like yeah what is the reason you're doing all of this you know i use my sister for example she wants to lose weight she's doing all the joe wick stuff and uh Hopefully Joe Wicks listens in. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> shout and, out, uh, man. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, there's a reason why, and that I think is also a key component as to why people lose a lot of motivation. Is you yeah. know, what's the end goal? Why are you training as hard as you are? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's another aspect to look into your training methods of training. Is what's the reason you're doing this? Yeah, it's 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 a, again as you it's a difficult thing to keep that goal in your mind, right? Um because again, motivation is such a is such a hard thing to come to come by. And me and you both experienced it hopping from program to program because you're not you get bored. The, I think the main thing for me was that I just got bored and I I would I was easily distracted um by new training methods or new training modalities whether that I was one week I was training for strength the next week I was trying to become an Olympic weightlifter the next week I'm doing hypertrophy training the next week I'm oh I just want to be as as athletic as possible and it's like what are you <laughs> you know it's just like you've got to in 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 certain in certain aspects you've got to stick to your lane you've got to stick and you know stay disciplined to the point where you know because if you stay disciplined you will reap the benefits from it because 
the program rewards discipline and rewards kind of patience. That's probably what I'd say the most. All of these programs that you'll find online and any good program set by a coach, um, they it will reward discipline, it will reward patience because that's all it needs. It, it sounds very simple and it is, once you actually do it, it is really simple, but it's starting and maintaining that level of discipline to where you don't even think about it anymore, to where you see a program or you get given a program and you just follow it and don't ask questions and you don't look at anything else and you just stayed with it because you get you can get to that point and I think personally I have gotten to that point finally (laughs) um uh but it takes it takes a long time you know as we can both attest to because I've been hopping programs for the better part of five years (laughs) at this point so it's like you know I don't know it's just takes time but you can get there but um yeah, I think I think I think we're both I think we're both itching to talk about a rug to talk about the rugby. I think, <laughs> um, but no, that was a good that was a good talk. I think the main takeaways from that is, um, you know, maintaining discipline, keeping have goal setting massive 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 thing. Keep goals in mind. If you're looking for a way to stay motivated, I suggest, you know, setting yourself weekly goals, session sessional goals. Um, and really kind of reward yourself after you hit those goals as well. I think something you should say as well. Um, really, you know, whether that's through and just intrinsically or whether that's, you know, extrinsically where you, you know, have a piece of cake after you hit after you hit a certain weight or something like that, you know, something that just makes you happy. Enjoy yourself and reap the rewards of following a good program. But anyway, to the rugby. Go on, Joe. I'll let you lose. I mean, I, I, I the week. We I'll, I'll be honest. Weekend of rugby. Or, I will uh... be honest. I, I will be honest. I have never been as an as a fan of English rugby, so triggered in my life from ever watching any other games of rugby. I mean, this was partly down to how undisciplined England were. Because yeah. that's the first thing I'd say before we say any more about the refs, about anything, about Wales, whatever. England were pretty pants. At no in my point, opinion. at no point in again, in my opinion, the attacking prowess shown by the England team, fantastic. However, couldn't complete yeah. fuck me daily, can't pass. Uh, oh, like the, when he needs to pass, he doesn't pass. When he doesn't need to pass, he gives the pass. It doesn't make sense. But <laughs> from a from a discipline point, we never ever looked like part of the game and deserved atrocious. to be in the game. And yeah. again, before we go into the details about the referee we didn't deserve to win the game. You know, you take no, away the 14 points, deserve. you take away the 14 points, they still won by two points. Plus that penalty in front of the post where they scored a cheeky crossfield kick, they would have gone for points. So, yeah. you know, it's another uh, yeah. three points we anyway. We would have, so. uh, yeah, we would have lost the game, I think, um, by by a similar amount of mm, points, to be honest. I mean, um, I mean, you can argue that the tries probably encouraged frustration, made us chase the game, and was, yeah. but like at the same time True. we put ourselves in that position so yeah yeah it's it, it, yeah. It, it, it no again it, I, I agree with you like it's it was down to our fault origin like England's fault you know how they're they've just been the past couple of games the discipline has been really bad they've just the, oh. the penalty count whoa, whoa, whoa. the penalty count's been ridiculous 41 penalties in three games 
Yeah, it's just nuts, really. And you're you're not going to win games. You're not just not going to win by like, doing that, are you? Like every, you're just not going to win. Every coach says, you know, let's keep numbers in single digits. That forty-one, they had fifteen against, <laughs> uh, fifteen against Scotland, fifteen yeah. against Wales, which puts yeah. uh, which puts what eleven against um, Ireland. Yeah, Ireland. Yeah, no, Italy. Yeah. Italy. Italy. Yeah, yeah, we haven't played Ireland. Even yet. yeah, we have not. Yeah. And against Italy, then, for it, goodness sake. What are we yeah, giving away 11 penalties for? I know. But the, that's one of the most demoralising things as a fan when you're watching. Is like, as you said, like they're, in attack, they they look dangerous. In, yeah. in, per, in, in parts, they look so dangerous. And then all it takes is they get to a, they get to the bloody 22 and then they give away a penalty for something really fucking stupid. <laughs> and I know, you know, it's like armchair fucking warriors, you know, like we, we're sitting here like, oh, we don't know really what's like, what it's like. But you know, at the end of the day, like it, there are some gla- it looks to be some glaring issues um, with the discipline mainly. Um, but the 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 other thing I would want to we'll get onto the ref in a minute. But I think <laughs> we'll get onto the ref in a second because there's a lot to unpack with the with the referee. But um, we're gonna you know the one thing I want to do highlight is. I think the, the I think the selection the the England team needs a relook. I think they it's it's gotten to the point now where I think it needs a rethink. I think they need to bring in some fresh blood. Um, I think you know the whole Farrell Ford Farrell kind of combo. I, I dare I say it has kind of run its course. I don't I don't know like it just for me personally it just feels a little bit like we need a bit more creativity. Um, from the 10 spot and the 10 12 channel kind of combo you know i don't know what's your thoughts on that there's a few things i'll go like so obviously anyone that would comment like keyboard warriors or whatever like we've played the game we understand that penalties cost you games like so yeah you know we've played a lot we're still playing a lot of rugby at pretty decent level so i'm gonna run that argument but the ford farrell thing i don't think that's the issue here like i think the, no, no, I, as, I don't think social, it's an issue. Yeah, as social like, media is gen- saying, general, we're not just saying, you know, yeah, we're not playing our informed players. There is a vast selection of back row. We've been missing Underhill, huge, yeah. huge miss. Like that, big, blokes, big are, blokes are workhorse. Um, yeah, but players are are past their primes, and you know, I know you're a Saris fan, Joe, but you, you can't. How are you playing, boys? That you know, the last time they played no, with the autumn, I, I, autumn International, it's like these guys are I now agree, mate. League, I agree. Two, league two championship, you know. Yeah. And it's I unbelievable agree, mate. to think that the Lions team is going to have championship players in its roster. Like, what the fuck? I mean, is yeah, going I mean, on? You in that, in that sense, from... it's not really a, to- it's not, we're not really a championship team in that sense. We just got done for some bad business. Yeah, we did lose to Ealing. However, Moving swiftly on from that. <laughs> no, no, no. So, so you are a championship side, and you can't even argue I, I, with the players you've got. You know, no, of you've course not. I, mean, I will agree. Them. I will agree. I think. So, I'll give an example. Billy Vanopola should not be starting at eight anymore. No, personally, he even admitted himself that he, you know, can he can he was recognised that he's not been playing well in this Six Nations. Um. But yeah, he he's he's different. He's he's kind of lost that kind of um, 
that kind of tenacity that he used to have, you know, where he would just run into people, bulldozer people over. He's kind of lost that. He's, he almost like, it almost looks like since sometimes he, he almost dis- decelerates going into contact and things like that. And that's just not any like sort of characteristic he used to kind of like have back in the day in his, in I'd call his prime. Mm. Um, you know, obviously you've got Simmons who's like the, 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 <laughs> on social media, everyone's just like, why is he not in the squad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's fair enough. I mean, he should be in the squad. I don't know why he's not there. I, I feel like, I think there might be it, a little bit of a conspiracy behind it. There's got, there, I think there's, it's getting to a point now where he, obviously he's frustrated, but I just think that what's coming with the frustration isn't looking good. Like, whereas with, yeah. for example, Dombrant is playing unbelievable rugby at the moment. He's a good, he's class, and yeah. he's keeping it, like, humble. And, like, he, he, you know, he's scoring tries, he's celebrating, he's going back and he's scoring. Whereas Sam Simmons, not doubting him, unbelievable player. But when you're walking up to a camera going like this, like... Yeah, well, it like, just... Like, you know, it yeah, it screams, like, yeah. I'm not going to select you. Um, yeah, yeah, and, he's, like, he's not really... He's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, go on. Like if you're, if you're walking you up to a camera, like to it, basically trying to show evidence to Eddie Jones that you are better than everyone else, like why would he ever pick you? You know, if you're in an interview yeah. and you're like, and they go, "What do you think about not being selected?" You know, whereas when Alex Good ha- had that interview about not being selected, and he was very decent about it, and he was just like, you know, I wasn't the right fit, um, and spoke to Eddie, and it just didn't work. And then obviously he came out and had a little bit of a rant, but was still very like decent about it. Yeah, I can, in a more I can't see Sam, setting I, though. Yeah, I can. Which I can't really good. see Sam Simmons in a formal setting going. Oh, okay, why aren't you selecting? He was like, well, poor decisions. Like, you know, I I don't think it's good. <laughs> yeah. It'll be. I don't think it would be too good for the the sport. Um, as much as an amazing player. So. Yeah. No. One hundred percent. I think it's just he. He's probably been a little bit unprofessional in how he's kind of responded. Yeah. Um, mm. And I think obviously Eddie will obviously have seen that and fucking probably probably would have put him far in the back of his even, mind even now. Lower um, down unfortunately, the list, like, a lot of yeah, uh, you're always I mean, told like always told if you don't get picked, prove yourself. Obviously, yeah. what like how can he prove himself anymore? But you just got to stay grounded and keep going at it. Yeah, you, know, you just got to be humble it. about it. Marcus Smith's doing it. Um, yeah, Simmons I mean, look, doing it. we. The good, the thing that I'm like happy about is that we've got our like next like ten years basically sorted, sorted in terms yeah. of like those like new fresh players, Oscar right? Wait, uh... <laughs> <laughs> knew you were gonna throw your name in there. <laughs> I just waited for that phone call. I don't know why. I haven't yeah. come yet. <laughs> oh, it, it got the wrong number, mate. <laughs> no, but I think is we've got the next like ten years sorted, which is yeah, great. However, 100%. you know, right now. When we're trying to compete for 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 Six Nations, when we're trying to compete for World Cup, you know, it it's it, there is obviously just some glaring issues, and I think there are there are players in there past their prime, you know, I don't, you know, Billy being one of them. Personally, I think Billy is has been has been out of sorts daily. Day I've never really enjoyed Daly at the fifteen spot. The thing is, like, um, I don't think Daly's Daly's a great player. I just think we should oh, take him. Yeah. Off. It's one of those things. Take him off the international scene for a little bit, let him get back up to speed, and he'll yeah. be great. But you also break like Max Mains in, put Watson back at fullback, get Jack Knoll back in, or something like that. You know, yeah, it's like crazy. You know, Jack Knoll is an incredible player. Um, in the backs, we just don't. We need a Tua Lange back, and they tried Ollie Lawrence, and they dropped him straight away. The poor bloke 
had zero he got, touches he, on the he ball. Got, he, got one, he got one touch on the ball in that entire game. Like, what, what do you expect? <laughs> you know, it's like, it how is. is he meant to... Like, I, 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 I was quite like... I, I, I want to take back what I had said previously about him because I think I was quite quick to jump on like the bandwagon to say, oh, he's not really done much. He's a bit useless, whatever. After I saw like his actual stats from that game where he got literally one touch on the ball and I think he made like two meters because it was obviously he got the ball, got instantly tackled or something. I mean, in that entire game, our backs didn't get any ball. I think both wingers had maybe like one or two touches on it max I think as the well. back three total was like four. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. But like, I just, disagree. again, I disagreed with that that decision to drop him so quickly. It's like, how is he meant to like, Fucking, how is he meant to prove himself after like think, getting dropped just because he didn't get any ball? <laughs> I think with um, with Oli Lawrence, like you, you'd need a ten like uh, Ford, you know, a fast, yeah, great a feeder, player, a feeder, and but you know, is very one dimensional. You kind of is very, he's very Eddie Jones esque. You stick to a game plan, and yeah. if the game plan A doesn't work, go to B, go to C, go to D. Whereas Ford is very much like off the cuff if. A, he realizes midway part through yeah. plan A that it's not going to work and goes straight to like D instead of B, yeah, C, yeah, D, yeah. E. Yeah. So, um, other players, you know, Otoji just had a bad game. Excellent player, you know, discipline hasn't been there, but just had a bad yeah. game. He's um, he's quality though. I, I yeah. he's the one. He's one of the one of the guys I always I always kind of back his corner. He's get, he's he is class. Get Joe Launchbury back in. Cool. Yeah, he's he again. Uh, he's Ted Hill was quite good though. Ted, Ted, Ted uh, Johnny Hill, sorry, Johnny Hill, Johnny. Yeah, um, yeah. Who's I mean, Ted look, Hill? they've got. I, I, I think there. I think there is a Ted Hill somewhere. I'm pretty sure. Um, have a look. They, they. But what I'd say, like you know, the, the team, the team is the team is good, but I think there's definitely room for some fresh blood to kind of start being filtered in and out, right? Um, and I think that, you know, it's. Again, I'd actually want to say, Dan. Well, is, what's his name? Robson. He, when he came on, the pace of the game instantly got improved. Well, he's been unbelievable for Wasps. Oh my god! He, yeah. When he came on, I mean, obviously Ben Young scored, but again, that was probably the first time Ben Young's has done anything. <laughs> no, for the past like fucking couple years. I'm sorry, like he's he. I I'm I'm not a fan of how he plays. Um personally um i think he yeah. i think he actually um closes down a lot of space in the back line when he like kind of does those little pick and runs before he passes um i don't think it actually draws any of the defenders in in any way um he's very predictable but yeah. nowadays he's played 103 yeah, games or whatever you know? yeah uh, and it's like robson came on and was just throwing absolute darts like absolute darts and it was, and it just increased that pace of play. And and when once he came on, like we almost kind of, there was almost like a little bit of a resurgence um, from it. And you know, it was it was kind of it was it was nice to see. Mm. But yeah, I think we can uh, we should we should talk about the referee. <laughs> the referee, wow. I mean, look, the first thing I'd say, the second decision and everyone knows whoever's what listening to this will know what we're talking about so there's no need to explain the second call that was whether it was a knock-on or not i've seen them be, i've seen them i've seen it 
I've seen it been called and I've seen it been allowed. I've seen both situations n so many times. So for that one, I'm very neutral. I, 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 I'm not really going to be like blaming the referee for any kind of sort of decision. I've seen what Nigel Owens has, has wrote about it, um, saying that it was actually a knock-on because it hit his, hit his hand and then because it's hit his hand, it then deems it out of control yeah, and then it control, goes yeah. and hits his leg. Yeah, but I've seen it go either way many times. So for that one, I'm not really too fussed about. I mean, what's your opinion on that one before we get onto the onto I mean, the main uh, one, I'd say? I mean, you can't single-handedly blame the ref. Like, there's a TMO that are looking at three, four screens at five, six angles. You know, they've got a lot of viewpoints. So to say that it's just his fault is ridiculous. Um, but for the TMO as well to say that it wasn't a knock-on, you know, I understand it's hit his foot. But, you know, he's taken the ball from behind him because he's overrun it pulled it in yeah. so the ball has now travelled forward from the catching position and yeah. not on his foot but without control so it's a knock on you know it, if I went like this and tapped it the ball has gone forward and I catch it from it's not a knock on but yeah. so you know the, the concept of it is the same like even so it's silly to say it wasn't a knock on but no, no yeah I mean I, I time, definitely think it was a knock on it's yeah. just been like you know I've just seen yeah. it so many as, times as nowadays the, where as you say, it's gone either as, way at the same time, you know, it's one of those ones that's flip of a coin. Not even, it's more likely to be a knock-on, but there is a small percentage that it is going to be allowed. So, but God, if we're going to get on about the the kick, the second try, yeah. I'm just going to... Yeah, go on, I mean, you start, because... <laughs> as, as we said, it's stupid of us to get into that position. Like, why have we given away penalty after penalty after penalty right in front of the posts? No need for it. But yeah. to say to Farrell, time is off, go talk to your team. Well, go talk to your team, time is off. And then just tell Dan Bigger. I don't care that Andy Goode put up a post saying Johnny May was on his wing. Where was Watson? Like, I don't fucking care. Yeah, that, care. Was, that, pissed, that pissed me off when he, like, when he, when he said that. We're talking about... It's like, what are you on about? <laughs> like, Johnny, like... like yeah. <laughs> It, it, just shut up, Andy <laughs> Goode. But like, you know, oh people, god, yeah. Go talk to your team. Okay, he brings his team into a huddle. Oh, down bigger. Can you tell me when time's on? Oh, time's on now. Play. You know, Gozier has now even admitted to his mistakes, but probably because of the heat that he's been taking. Yeah, on his it's definitely media. it's definitely because of the heat. It's been like, mental it, on social. It's 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 silly to to not allow tell Farrell that time's on and then not even let him talk about it he was like let me speak first let me speak first after Farrell's gone his run okay he lets him speak and then he just goes, he just goes says, I'm done that's it I'm done yeah he's just I'm done I'm good and yeah. he walks away but like he was I mean, like as, as speak a, first as a, as, a, as a captain which you are of the uh, of the uni team don't don't I how else I would have been livid <laughs> I, as, as yeah. Sam Warburton said I would have been up in arms but uh, another thing that I will say about that is it did spur Faz to start playing some real aggressive rugby. And I yeah. love to see it. Like Faz was a different bloke that game for that first yeah. half. Then they ran yeah, away yeah. with it. But yeah. I would have been livid, absolutely livid. And yeah, rightly um, so. Like I think he's oh God, said, I mean, let me speak first. He's let him speak and then not listen to him. So what was the point of saying, let me speak first? Just say, I'm not listening yeah. to you. Let me speak. Yeah. It, <laughs> but it, 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 it no, I know it's. I I was I was I was I was astonished when I saw it. I I genuinely was because 
what really got me was the fact that he tells him, he tells him, time is off, go and speak to your team. And it's like, okay, cool, wicked. We've got we've got the all clear to come in, have a chat, talk about the discipline, just quick, quick, like, you know. I mean, I I don't even think Faz would have gone into a fucking lecture. I mean, he would have just been, you know, a few, few quick words. You know, boys, got to calm down the, got to calm down the penalties, got to put a bit more, get a bit more effort into that. And that's it. But it's like, he didn't even give him enough time to do that. <laughs> like, genuinely, like, it was, it was mental. Um, And that definitely switched, you know, that, that, that gave, that gave Wales the win at that point, in my opinion, you know, it, 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 it swung the momentum and all of the, it just swung the game into their favour. We we had just lost our heads. Everyone had lost their heads uh, because of it, and Wales Wales capitalised on it, obviously. So I mean, you know, fair you, play. You'll, but you'll know, like the difference between seven a uh, ten point lead and fourteen point lead is oh is, massive is massive. Like mentally, it doesn't massive. seem like it doesn't seem like a lot, but that to take the lead back is now three tries or two tries and a penalty. You know, with a well-disciplined Wales Wales side, so it would require three tries, you know, yeah, three unconverted tries or two converted tries and an unconverted. You know, there's a lot of points to make up. You know, yeah. as as we always as like was always brought up to me was, um, you go three points down, you know, you're ahead by a converted try or two penalties, but you don't ever count penalties really because you hope your discipline's good enough. So, you know, three two three points, you're you're a try ahead. You know, you get a try, you convert a try ahead, so on and so forth. So, two converted try lead is monumental. Yeah. I know. To a game. Unless you're it's Scotland crazy. versus England, you come back from last year's Six Nations or year before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <But> yeah. <laughs> it's just discipline again, like cost. And as we know, like discipline yeah. costs games. Do you remember the Gloucestershire game where we gave penalty after penalty away and. Gave him yep. the game. It's just fucking. Yeah. It's silly. It's silly, yeah. silly penalty it, it, counts. It, yeah, I mean penalties. Penalties are are a team killer in in those situations, you know. And it and it happens. Obviously, it's happened on every single level at of rugby. It happens at every point, professional down to down to Sunday league, you know. And it's just like it it, it does. You know, it does. It massively impacts the kind of mental battle that is a rugby match as well because rugby is as much as much a physical battle as it is mental in my opinion mm. you know there's so much like mind play mind games that go into a into a game of rugby especially at the at that professional level you know and mm. those kind of players like you know as soon as I, I hate i hate to ping him up on him because he's such a cool bloke and i really like him but genji whenever he comes on he just gives away penalties like yeah, unfortunately, like he's but, he is he's a bit of a and he's a bit of a hothead as well. So he got away and with just, a couple as well. There was he a, got there away was with, a, yeah. There was a there was an instance where he was being held into the ruck and it was a yellow or red card in my opinion from what I saw. And the player held him into the ruck and he he smacked him on the back of the head and pushed his head down. And I was like, Christ, he's lucky he got away <laughs> with that. And yeah. you know I understand, but that's part of the game. But like, he holds people into the rucks, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, 100%, I mean. And also, yeah. as you say, it's a team game. But like, at what point do the individuals giving away the penalties realize I've got to stop? It took Itoje five penalties to realize I've got to stop this. Yeah, you yeah, know, no. he should have been carded and for the same infringement over and over. And it, where do you? There's an individual responsibility of the game. You know, at what point do, in, do players have to realize I need to stop doing this because it's yeah. going to cost everything? 
It's no yeah, longer the it, team at that point. It, it's it's yeah. you're letting the team down. Yeah, I guess, and I mean that we just kind of saw that firsthand um, in that game. Really, it was yeah. just kind of certain individuals kind of just giving away penalties off penalties, and it kind of just all spiraled out of control. And before we knew it, Wales had like two or three tries on top on us, you know, um, mm. and you know it was the ref the ref obviously didn't help but as we said at the beginning you know we we yeah we can't you can't just blame the ref obviously the the ref had those two decisions that he made were bad decisions and he's obviously now admitted to it and kind of apologized or whatever but it's done now he can't do anything about it mm. and you can you know analyze that as much as you want but at the end of the day like we England put themselves in that position um, to to fail. Really, they put themselves in a position to fail, yeah. and and they did. And unfortunately, you just got yeah. they've just got to learn from it and move on. You know, and try Hopefully and finish out the six. Yeah, just try and finish out the Six Nations on a W. I think that'd be a, just the best thing for them to do. I was, um, um, you know, one obviously. Thing, one thing, <laughs> yeah. one thing I would say is Elise was. Um, because yeah, it was consist- relatively consistent with the breakdown work. Um, he yeah. was flagging both England and Wales for the same things over and over. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's also another topic, maybe for a different day, about the rolling uh, at Iraq. We could probably talk about I could go on about that for hours about this. So Yeah. Um, <laughs> when you get like trapped in there and you can't move. Yeah, and, it just... Where to draw the line? Yeah, because I saw, I, I saw like, you know, obviously... Um, I think it was Farrell was in was a, on the other side got, by any chance. <laughs> he was on the, no, he was he was on the other side. Like he, it was a fair penalty. Um, oh no, see, I, I meant like there was sorry, there was a penalty where one of the <laughs> Wales players and England players, both people got pinged for being on the wrong side, but they were nowhere near the ball. And it's like you're not yeah. rolling for the ruck, and you're like, well, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. Where's the, where's the where, where do we draw the line? Yeah, you know? cool. They haven't slowed yeah. the play down. They're on the other side of the ruck. Other side of the ball, you know, the ball's yeah. on the left, the body's on the right. They're not slowing anything down. They're not getting up. They're not ruining the game. You know, it was. I saw a post on Twitter that made me laugh. It was like Gozier's trying so hard to keep the pace up and the game, but uh, like trying to stop people slowing the ball down. That he's slowing the ball down himself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's so valid. <laughs> he was he was trying to keep yeah. the pace of the game up in the ruck that he was slowing the game down. <laughs> Yeah, I know. But then again, again, it was just like, you know, that could all be avoided if people just kind of just don't get on the fucking position in the first place, you know? Yeah, tackle properly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Stop oh, tackling man. chests. Tackle the yeah. legs and get out. Exactly. So. Well, I think we can uh, we can leave it there, mate. I think that, yeah. was, that was good. Good discussion. Um, I think I've, I've vented enough. I got that off my chest about the rugby. Um <laughs> move on to next week hopefully hopefully england can finish the kind of see off the six nations with some with a w is the last week next week right i am right i am saying that, that is correct two more okay two more w's that'd be nice <laughs> um but yeah uh so if you guys enjoyed um well we hope you enjoyed um be sure to follow us both on the socials um always in the descriptions um on the pod as always um and yeah We'll catch you in the next episode. See you later.